Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It is indeed time for parenting. Joanna Fortune joins us once again. Afternoon, Joanna. Afternoon. Uh, first question is this. My 12-year-old daughter had a friend, wanted her all to herself, then dropped her and has turned others against her. All going on in school. She doesn't want to go to school or school tours as she will be on her own and nobody to sit with on the bus. The other child uh, is mature and has managed to isolate my daughter from the rest of the class. We spoke with the other child's mother. Not helpful. Last few weeks of school and about to leave sixth class with no friends. What do you advise? Oh, this is so tricky. And I'm yeah. so aware, you know, Sean, most of the schools are going to close next week, end of next week, give yes, or take a couple of yeah. days for everyone. So I'm not sure how long this has been going on for this for this girl. But, you know, because school is ending next week, there really isn't much that you can do about this situation. No. You know, just being frank about it. And it does sound, to be fair, to these parents that they've done the kind of talk to the parent, you know, those bits and it didn't make a change. And you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't. So really the focus has to go to away from the situation and solely onto your daughter. She's leaving sixth class, leaving primary school and focusing on preparing her for the transition into secondary school where Mm. there will be new opportunities, new experiences, new friendships. Um, And and that's how it should be. Even if she was any child leaving, you know, primary school, even with good friendships and fact, you will now see changes to those friendships over the next. I mean, it's huge. And we see it in particular, you know, that summer between first and second year. It's like some kids become 22 over that summer and some (laughs) of them stay kind of 12, 13. And so we do see huge changes between sixth class and second year. So change was inevitable. But this is happening from a place that this girl has had a really rough time. So she's already a bit depleted. So when, when we have that kind of depleting experience, now it's about resourcing her because resourcing is what leads to resilience. You know, we often talk about resilience just arriving. It doesn't. We we are resilient when we're resourced. So really spend the summer investing in her, resourcing in her, what's coming next. You know, is there anyone I don't you see, I don't want to make an assumption. I don't know if this is a primary school where everybody goes to the same secondary school or will everybody yeah. disperse? So who is going to be in the new school? You know, if it is possible to have a positive um, play or social experience over the summer with kids from the new school or just getting a bit curious in the community, are there summer camps, activities that will open her up to kids outside of this typical peer group that's well worth investing in? But see this as a summer to heal, to play, to relax, to recover. Practice independent skills over the summer with her because... And I, you know, really practical things, going to the shop, interacting with, you know, um, restaurant or cafe staff, placing her own order, dealing with transactions, you know, just doing things for herself because catching a bus, getting a train, things like that. Um, They build self-esteem, they build self-efficacy, they help her understand that she can handle herself in the world by herself. So this is a good, these will all help to strengthen and resource her. Um, Summer camps though, as I said, with with kids who are outside of her typical peer group, they might be new kids. Sometimes that takes, and I know it's late in the summer plan. Again, it depends on where in the country you are. Some summer camps are done now. It's like a <laughs> it's like a blood sport trying to get into a summer <clears> camp. <throat> but sometimes there are. Have a little look around and see something that maybe isn't one of the big mainstream obvious ones. Something a little bit more niche. Going to your local library, I find they're an amazing resource at knowing what's going on in the community. Lots of things will be listed there. They may have a lot of going, oh, did you know this art camp or this camp yeah. or that camp was going on? So if that's an option, do that. But hold in mind, and I don't 
don't say this in any way to minimise this because I think she's been through a really difficult experience as have you as her parents but this is an age when we do see shifts, changes and yes, loss and pain in friendships. We do see it it's, you know, that transition out of middle childhood into that adolescence or it's pre-adolescence phase and the maturing is happening at different ways. Now I don't think a child who isolates another is necessarily mature is actually quite an immature behaviour mm, to yeah. do if, I, if I'm honest um, but it is a very painful experience so yeah. what you want to do is validate what's happened lots of empathy and then focusing on what's coming next don't seek to minimise dismiss it don't say look it's in the past it's over now because actually she will carry the remnants of that experience so sit with her and help her to process it with a view to what's coming up ahead hopefully with a positive outlook. Yeah, that's a t- the timing for her is oh, terrible. The timing the is terrible. Thing. But yeah. then again, we've had many questions in in, uh, in first year they move and yeah. suddenly everything changes like that. And, and so again, I'm telling you, leaving school after first year, not to put any kind of trepidation into any parents' heads yeah. and coming back in second year. In my work, that's when I see the most queries come in about friendship issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's very common. My almost three-year-old is potty trained for daytime and is only using a nappy overnight. In the last few weeks, though, she started to wake up at various times during the night crying and saying she needs to pee. So we figure she isn't keen on having a wet nappy anymore. We bring her to wee, but if it's early in the morning, she decides then it's time to wake up. 4am was this morning's wake-up call. I brought her into our bed afterwards to try and get a few more hours, but this doesn't always work. And not a habit I'm keen on anyway. She's still Still in a cot, so can't get out herself. Should I move her to a big bed and let her at it at night herself? Is she too young? We've been spoilt with her until now, with her often sleeping until 8am. You haven't spoiled until now. And anyone listening going good enough for you, just park that. That's our own resentment of not having had night's sleep in many years. But, you know, she's nearly three. And look, the great news is she's, you know, showing you she's initiating nighttime training herself. So, you know, follow her cue, certainly, because, yeah, she's saying it doesn't feel nice. The crying, you know... At first, I'm like, why is she crying? If her nappy gets wet or if she has that urge to go and she's trying to hold it, her cry is her way of communicating that dysregulation to you. She's, hey, hey, I'm in this cot thing here. Can you come and get me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, so it's it may not be distress, but it may be effective communication on this little one's part and clever little thing to come up with it. But, you know, yes, you're bringing her to we and, you know, it's getting very bright, very, you know, the, the mornings, 4am now, yeah, yeah, okay, we're, we're in the dark here. But at the same time, I'm looking at it going, of course she thinks you're up, especially if she manages to pull you into a little chat while you're in the toilet with yeah, her. Yeah. Because then it's like, nah, oh, now we're shooting the breeze, now I'm completely awake, you know, body, <laughs> emotionally, physically, sure, what will we do? Will we get some toast? Will we watch some cartoons? And, you know, really, I don't have a magical answer. I should short circuit this by saying that. <laughs> don't be tuning it. I don't have a magical answer to this. It's always this with sleep because it's that thing that we crave as parents. What I'm going to say to you, though, is, yes, I'd say she is probably ready to move out of her cot and into, you know, a toddler bed. I don't know that she'll be able to go to the toilet solo even from her own bed. Yeah, she's three. I think she's too young for that. Um, 
I think the challenge you have is not about can she get to the toilet on her own. The challenge is can you get her to go back to sleep after she's woken up. Yeah. That's what this is about. So I think it would be good for her to be able to get out of the toilet. She won't have to reach that point of crying, which is getting her more and more awake. Mm. So it might be she wakes up to go to the toilet in a sleepier state, gets to you quicker, stays optimistically, I'm saying this, in that sleepier state and you can redirect her. A grow clock could be handy with her to show her it's still nighttime. You know those clocks we've yes. spoken yeah. about that have the daytime yeah. and night time indicator and you program it <laughs> in this family 8am is the morning yeah. <laughs> time you know to let her know oh look at that it's still night time back to sleep you might need to put her back in her bed give her a little cuddle as non-verbal as possible just lots of sh- sh- kind of hub- humming shushing tones mm. you know holding her hand settle her get back to your own bed so there will be some disruption there always is though Sean with yeah. nighttime training let's be honest it's not that they can go up on their own and go and do it and not disturb you so I I mean, and also you don't really watch your three-year-old in the bathroom totally on their own because there's taps in there and there's plugs, holes and there's all kinds of potential excitement. (laughs) You said disaster. Excitement. (laughs) What about about if, say, on average, she's waking up at four, Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, parents can take turns at this. They set their their alarm clock for half three. At half three, somebody slips out of the bed while she's still asleep, Mm -hmm. takes her out while she's still half asleep, plonks her on the thing she's half conked, get her back in the uh, the bed before she knows it. You're totally right. Um, Because if you, if there's a pattern, Yes. You know, if you're ballpark 4am every morning, absolutely trying to preempt it. And yeah, turn taking with it. The other thing is, you know, like when you're night training um, any child or supporting them in doing this, you know, before you go to bed, you might want to lift her. Do you know that could yes. be 11 o'clock, 11.30? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's what we used to do ourselves. Mm onto the toilet they're very sleepy back to bed you haven't gone to bed yet Mm. and it might get you an extra couple of hours before the next wake yeah absolutely right next question it kind of related to the first question actually Uh, my daughter hates school summer holidays she only has about 10 days left in school and she keeps crying any time I mention that she's finishing up soon we live in the country and she finds it really hard not seeing friends every day I send her uh, to summer camps when possible and arrange for her to go to friends houses when I can anyway I can teach her to relax and learn to enjoy any way I can uh, teach her to relax and learn to enjoy this period off or tips to keep her occupied so she doesn't find summer so daunting. Now she's, you know, um, like I don't know how old she is. Doesn't it's not, say, no, it doesn't because that would be a little she's bit. She's in national school anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of, you know, keeping her occupied, if she was more that middle childhood age of kind of nine, ten, I would want to see what she wants to do, be yeah. led by her because being able to self-occupy and engage and stimulate would be up to herself to some extent. But a younger child, if you're talking about six, seven, then yes, it's it's a parental challenge as much as yeah. a child one. I, I think with this, you know, so often, Sean, when it's about the summer holidays, I hear parents who are dreading the summer holidays, not so often the children. <laughs> yep. But, you know, you know and I know there's many out there going, oh, yeah, what about for me? Is there a summer camp for parents? But I do think the camps are a great idea because structure might help. You know, the one thing that school has is predictability. It's structured. You know exactly what's going to happen with some variance. But, mm. you know, you go in, you know what's expected of you. You have this ring fence time with friends and playing and it's lovely. Yeah. And if I'm living and this parent says we live in the 
the country, I, I'm assuming you mean countryside, you know, that you might not have a lot of neighbours or friends yeah. in very close proximity. So it takes a bit of organisation. So some structure might help getting. So the summer holidays are eight weeks ballpark, give or take. Yeah. And so getting a big calendar, putting it up on the wall, doing it week by week and highlighting one thing to focus on each day. OK, it could be an activity, a task at home, something low level now, you know. Um, you could also set a big art project to work on over the course of every Monday or over a week or a bit every week. Um, she could write a book project again, depending on how old she mm. is or do a craft project, start a massive jigsaw to chip away at something that is a kind of every day we do a bit of this. Then one social connection per week, if that can be managed, because she clearly is a child who thrives on yeah. connection with other children. And that is a big loss if she's going to go weeks without seeing friends. Um, so if that can be, and again, I, I, you know, I don't know where you are and how far away this all is. And if you're working outside of home, there's only so much parents can make happen. But if that's possible, that would be great with a couple of camps. So I think it's about putting some structure in something small every day, something to look forward to every week and almost a countdown system. And when it's getting closer to going back to school, making those projects and activities each day about preparing to go back to school, it could be getting the pencil case or the books or the bag or whatever it Mm. is, all organised and ready. But I think that's all you can do is think about it in terms of structure. Yeah, the calendar is a a really good idea. It's a visual, you see, so I can see what's coming. It anchors me and it's quite a good regulating um, thing to bring in. Yeah, because a lot of the time anyway, when they're like, there's always something happening. There's always, you know, like... In my house, I'm often, what, what's the exciting thing we're doing tomorrow? <laughs> exci- and that can be just going to school, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, because it takes such joy in those things. But if all that stuff closes down, oh gosh. And sometimes for little kids, it can be about setting a challenge for the summer. You know, this is the summer. We're going to crack the bike without stabilizers, yeah. or you're going to learn to roller skate or you're going to learn to hula hoop or skip or whatever it is, that this is the thing. So you give them something to work on and gain mastery mm. over, over the summer period. This is the summer you learn to eat broccoli. I don't <laughs> I don't think that'll go down so well. Uh, my daughter is three in August. We potty trained her a year ago. She started full-time crash in January this year and she regularly wets herself there. She seems to love it there and has gone weeks with no accidents, but they're more common than not. We night trained her recently and she's taken to it so well. She rarely has accidents at home and if she does, we can usually figure out why. I know there must be a reason for them in crash, but I've no idea how to get to the bottom of it. I've spoken to the crash and they say the pro- they prompt her all the time to go, but she doesn't go and then wets herself afterwards. How can I get to the root of this? I feel like I'm letting her down. Ah, oh, you're not. Gosh, not no, at all. Not. And I'm going to make a, a straight inference here that she is frankly too busy and yeah, too distracted. She's having a good time. And it's too much fun to play with the other kids. And if I go to the toilet and drop this train, someone else is going to pick it up and I won't have it when yes. I get back. So I'm not <laughs> letting go of the train or the dolly or the dino or whatever it is. So I think that she's just really occupied and I I don't know like I know what means to me if I was to prompt somebody but I don't know what that means when they say to you we prompt her is it you know Sean time to go to the toilet Mm. and at nearly three but not quite three I'm going yeah 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 I'm actually fine here playing with the toys I may need to be physically brought to the toilet at that age you know, yeah, we, we yeah. might expect a little bit. I mean, three in August, you know, that's still a bit away when you put that as a percentage of a, ch- a small child's life. So she's still very much in the two zone. Yeah. So, and she's doing really well with training, given she's not quite three and she's got her nighttime training and everything done. So I would be at, just maybe share exactly how you do it at home and how you make meaning of when there is a, 
an accident for want of a better word or when she misses the toilet queue. There's also some nice little books because there always is. Um, I remember we had one at home that was during the Daniel the Tiger phase. You know, the Daniel the Tiger character and there's a lovely little book. He sings a song for everything he's learning but if you have to go potty, stop and go right away. I won't sing it because, yeah. you know, people are listening to the radio. They we'll, don't need we'll, to hear, yeah. they don't need we'll, to hear we'll that. We'll get the actual track and play it. Um, but it's a nice one because then you can sing it with the kids and then they get the message when I have to go, you stop, go right away and then you return to what you're doing is mm. the message, you know, flush, wash and be on your way. Yeah. So it's an if you give her a little rhyme and you could do it that way. But I think at her age, if what's happening at home and what's happening in crash are mostly the same approach, it will help her that it's consistent. She's too busy having too much fun ask them to take her by the hand and bring her. Yeah, because I suppose no matter how well organised, like creches are a bit more frenetic and that's why kids like them a lot Absolutely. of the time. Absolutely, and there's all these little pals to compete with and yeah. play with. But also, you know, from staffing of creches and early childhood facilities and, you know, early years places, you know, you've lots of little kids who need to go to the toilet at different times, um, lots of unpredictable little bladders, busy little kids. It isn't easy to be kind of saying, did you go, did you go, did you go? But yeah. it might be about saying, look, let's see if that nips this in the bud and gets her back on track. But I, I'm, I'd am i really hazard a guess that she's just too distracted. I, I would imagine if she's only, well, she's three in August, she's not even three. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, that, like sooner or later, it'll, it'll fix itself anyway. Absolutely. But, you know, some uh, more than a more than a verbal prompt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, yeah. no, I do. I do remember being in a crash. And it was, there was, uh, um, and it's now a fabulous crash. And they had the, like, the little toilets for the, yeah. you know, the little ones. And so they could go themselves kind of thing. Which is great because you're promoting independence. Yeah. And that will kick in but some of them need the little yeah but just like that being busy like they were like obviously prospective parents are being shown in <laughs> to this thing and then just as they're being shown this is where we have this this little fella you know runs in just pulling his pants up going like yeah done that now let's <laughs> yeah. let's get on to the next thing back into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joanna thanks a million as ever uh, Joanna Fortune there you are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk we're going to take a break after that why the sky should be dark Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.